G'day everyone. Proud to say Bar Karate is brought to you by Radix Nutrition, makers of the most technically comprehensive nutrition products that have ever existed. Unlock your potential with Radix. G'day listeners. Welcome to Bar Karate, the sailing podcast. My name's Jordan Spencer, it's that time of the week where we can hang out with some really cool sailors, but of course I have to share the mic with my two idiot mates. So first off, let's welcome Mr. Brett Perry. Greetings, exalted one. BP. Well, g'day all. How's everyone today? We're, we're good, mate. We're wondering if it's you. We can't see you. Um, yeah, technical problems. Yeah. But I've got to say, uh, I've been sold a dud. Um, What's that? The, the brochure, the brochure of the last two weeks of sunny weather and beautiful conditions, and mm. you know, I thought this is this is great, this is awesome. I, you know, I'm working hard here in Portugal and enjoying the weather. Mm. Well, it's hit with a vengeance, kind of fitting, really. Yep. Um, it is absolutely pumping outside, and okay, yeah, there you go. That's mm. interesting. Mm. We'll yeah, to try out your new surfboard at Nazaré, BP. <laughs> well, I was just about to get one today, to be honest. Oh. Guitar, surfboards, you're back to your youth, mate. I love it. Oh, mate, I'm, I'm, yeah. don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but anyway, all good. Weather's good. We'll, we'll come back to that in a sec, mate. Uh, let's bring in the other yeah, bloke. no doubt. <laughs> he had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. Mr Nick Boss. Back on the home deck, man. Oh, but what, well, you've, been there, yeah. you've been home so, 15 um, minutes. Oh, yeah. No, I was only awake at about 1.30am this morning, so I'm sitting here twiddling my thumbs <laughs> waiting for this show to go. <laughs> Woke up four hours before we needed to do it. Uh, but um, Actually, the irony, yeah. that's how we started podcasts because, you know, that's what we used to do to try and get ourselves back to sleep was listen to a exactly. podcast. Yeah, yeah, you know, normally yeah. I'm a, I'm considering myself a pretty lucky traveller. Normally. Oh, yeah, here we go. But something, yeah, here things we were not That's aligning. I don't know what you bastards have been doing, but you've caught me out. <laughs> well, the last Started time off. you got on, the last trip, you had to leave the plane because of human feces everywhere. Oh, actually, I've had a bad year, <laughs> now you mentioned it. <laughs> not my feces, by the way. Yeah, no. But um, leaving Adelaide, and I missed my little flight to Melbourne to get the Emirates connection, mm. where I thought I'd upgrade myself with mm. my points. Mm. Um, oh, and no. here I am, ended up on a uh, Qatar Airways sitting in about 76B oh, no. the whole way. Couldn't oh. go to the lounge no. when it got there, blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. No, you've had it. And then um, only this week uh, had a was up in the north of France, heading to the south of France, and plane got delayed, too much fog in the south of France. So oh. I pretty much roll into, and Jordan, you'll cream yourself over this one, <laughs> to the ultimate <laughs> boatyard. And uh, which I'll talk talk more about. I yeah. won't let on just yet, yeah, but yeah. um, yeah, just made it for lunch. Had a, <laughs> um, and then did a but did a boatyard tour. Then left again, oh, pretty much. That was it. <laughs> yeah, got plenty of done over lunch. Then I get the train to go to Barcelona. Had a few people to catch up with. Nice. Um, crash on the train tracks. No, so my train gets delayed a couple of hours. <laughs> <laughs> but as it turned out, roll into Sci-Fi's house, um, have a good old-fashioned barbie. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, 18 bottles of sparkling water for the night <laughs> and um, had a good old time. And then finally made all, all the way home and lost my luggage. Oh. So 
<laughs> only for it to be delivered about 11 o'clock last night with all the podcasting kit in it. Oh. So luckily, we're back. So basically, I'm back. Who I'm gi- ready to roll. Yeah. Who gives a stuff about who gives a stuff about your clothes, mate? At least you got your podcasting yeah. kit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh dear. I was just going to say, I want to go back on BP's point about being young again because. Um, you know, like he's getting his surfboards and guitars. I only worked out the other day, you know, through my university career, which was uh, not very intense, um, more social than study. Well, from, a, from an academic point yeah. of view. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I used to run around in an old Volkswagen van, had it all kitted out, go away camping and sleeping in the back of it. And uh, no, I've regressed as well. Yeah, what have you got? Yeah, I've got a yeah. van, you know, going away, all kitted yeah, out to go I know. camping. I know, we've been watching the growth and development of this van. Well, that's good. But going back, we're going back to our past, BP. We're going back to our youth, our youth. We, we just can't, we just can't let go, mate. We're, we're forever young. Yeah, I love it. It's instilled within. It's it's cellular. Well, I think it's because of our sport. You know, we're into a sport that lets us do all sorts of fun adventures. You know, that that spirit of adventure is strong. And um, you know, whether it's competition or cruising or doing whatever, you know, like you get out there in, in the elements, you know, and you, so you're not just sitting there watching TV, you're doing things, you know, and so I don't think that goes away and so it's something we've done for life and that leads on to this sort of, you know, we have a great experience and I think that's one of the reasons we love it. Um, I'd like to bring in our guest on that segue. Is that cool? Yeah, good oh, it was a beautiful segue, yeah. so not sure what it's leading to, but sounds well, good. Uh, this guy's got a sense of adventure as well, and I just sort of think, you know, like you know, going down one path, and then you know, you, you just you go with the adventure that presents. And um, our guest today is probably a gift to you guys, to the listener. I feel like it's a gift to the listener because huge, it, it is huge guest, but. There's so much knowledge that, you know, or benefit that will come from this discussion for the listener. And so it was a real critical one. And we thought, given all the travel that's going on on, on our end and, uh, you know, trying to pull this together has been, um, I don't know, it, I think there's been more difficult things to pull together, but not many. Maybe, oh, I was just going to do a joke. Maybe the nuclear war. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always refer it to like launching a NASA shuttle. Yeah, it takes a bit. It does take a bit. But anyway, our guest, our guest uh, this week has been um, has been an Olympic sailor. Uh, went to the Olympics in '92 in the 470 class, and we're going to have some good conversation about that. Um, has uh, won a bunch of national champs. Is a New Zealander, so we'll have to speak slowly. But also was the um, weather manager back in the America's Cup in the Alingi days. Um, providing a lot of weather information and from that spun out into and again uh, I will emphasize we're not being paid to have this person on uh, spun out into a company called Predict Wind um, and Predict Wind has is one of those organ things that has changed our sport and so we wanted to understand absolutely. hey absolutely is that what you said? absolutely it has yeah. yeah 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 the nature of our sport and I was only thinking about that this week how important it is to us and how we can go to sea safely because of uh, people like John. So I want to welcome to Bar Karate, John Bilger, and have a really interesting chat. So, mate, it's great to have you on the show. Oh, thanks, Jordan. Very nice introduction. Thank you. Cheers. He does his he does his homework, John, so be aware. <laughs> He'll probably ask you about what 
roses you've got in your garden or something this week. Oh, no. Already based know, on- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, he no forgot roses. to mention one of your greater achievements, yeah. of course, and being part of the Amos sports team back in the day, oh. where we used to rub shoulders in the container and talk a bit of shit. So, yeah, yeah, um, exactly. yeah, they exactly. were the days. <laughs> exactly. Well, I guess we have to let's, – let's open up um, – Onto the the predict win thing because um, we're going to sort of keep coming back and in and out of that. I I feel throughout how it all t- ties. So, just explain what predict win is. If people aren't using uh, using it, you know what it is and how it started. Yeah, so yeah, we're a weather forecasting company, um, you know, globally, um, and our aim is to bring you know weather which is very complex accurate weather and make it simple and accessible to anyone anywhere um so yeah i mean how did it start off um i mean yeah as you said i was running the the weather program for the Olingi america's cup team for 10 years and um very fortunate to have a you know i mean to get the job i mean it was it was a bit of a miracle i mean they really took a punt on me um yeah i mean i was i've got engineering background Mm. obviously being in the top, you know, sort of a racing circuit, but um, no weather background, like nothing. Yeah. <laughs> That's what so, I was... so they, said, they said, oh, smart guy, engineer, sailing background, he'll figure it out. Um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, I mean, it's like, and I think they were a bit shocked. They thought I was actually, they, once they did, thought I was a weather model, and I was like, hello, no, I'm not. Um, so I, I sort of I quickly figured out that I need to, Get a bunch of very smart people around me. So, um, did a bit of research. Um, my uncle was actually a professor of um, engineering in, in Sydney University. And um, anyway, he had some good connections with CSRO in Australia. Um, so, we looked at lots of different technology around the world, but he ended up hooking up with um, the head modeling guy of CSRO in Australia. And, um, and that's actually the basis of. Of our modeling technology in Alingi and that led on to, to predict wins. So, so yeah, we had, um, some really great talent within the, um, you know, within the, within the team and, um, you know, top meteorologists, engineers and, um, you know, kind of, I guess, you know, you, you're using the stuff and, and, you know, the sailors would go, okay, well, this is working fantastically well in the America's Cup. Can you do a forecast for us in Saint-Tropez or East Coast of the States, wherever? So we'd spin the model up for those different locations. Um, in fact, my father even was doing a regatta in New Zealand, and I did a, did a forecast for him as a laser regatta, and had to choose between the radar rig and the full rig. And, um, yeah, the, the modelling technology predicted the um, the right forecast of the week. Um, you know, it's amazing how these stories sort of progress. You kind of go from like a... You know, we got the right rig for the week to like we predict the the shift on the first beach. <laughs> yeah, but, right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it pretty cool. You know, I sort of naively thought accurate forecast. How hard can it be? It's still weather forecasting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, that's. That, I want to I want to touch on that if you don't mind. Um, when you've uh, gone into the interview and uh, you obviously knew you were going for that role. I mean, is that what you? Is that what? Happened? You actually went in and yeah, with yeah, it. I, I was going for the role, and you had no yeah. stuff or knowledge about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I just, you know, like, um, you know, Peter Evans, I think, did it, and and a previous uh, thing for Team New Zealand, and he was, yeah, he was obviously didn't have a weather background, but um, 
yeah, I just obviously they 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 rated my ability to do it, um, but I didn't have any background in it at all. So I think it was actually, you know, it's, it's actually it's it's kind of a good thing away because you realise that you've got a, you've got a similar, like, a really good team around you to do the job, and you know we we definitely had a fantastic team. Um, and back in those days too, big budgets for weather, like big budgets. Like I mean, I can. So when you when you walked out of that office, you walked out of the interview. Did you go? Ah, now what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. And then you know you you know you're working <laughs> for for Russell, you know, and he's he doesn't know one sets the bar higher than Russell. So you kind of you want to make sure yeah. that it gives you lots of scope to to um to do it. But you you know if you're not delivering, you, you'll see no. So you know here we are in Auckland and. And the, you know, most of the team have grown up, you know, top yachters, you got, you know, Robert Jones, Russell Coote, Simon Daubney, all these top sailors. I mean, they've grown up sailing here, so they kind of they know the place pretty well. Um and yeah, in these sort of teams, you <laughs> everyone's a weather expert, right? Even the designers <laughs> looking at the newspaper in the morning, look at the highs and lows, go, oh, this is what's gonna happen. Yeah. You're doing the you're doing the forecast and um and it's it's a big deal because you know, in those days you can only race between seven knots and 19 knots. Anything above that or below that was either too much wind or not enough wind. So, and you had to get the boat in the water. It was a good hour or so to tow out to this, the area. It was an hour, so it's like a two-hour tow. And if there's not enough wind or too much wind, everyone's sort of looking at you going like, yeah, thanks, mate. You arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, but after six months, they actually trusted the weather modelling technology more than they did in their own, you know, judgment. So, so that was a real accolade for the technology, and that gave us, I guess, was the kind of the impetus to kind of go, wow, amazing. Imagine if we could actually make this technology, you know, accessible to to, to everyone. You know, to, yeah. it's mm. it, it's interesting because you know, like I'm forever crapping <laughs> on pretending I know. You know, like I look at a weather model and just go, okay, yeah, and make the prediction for what the Sydney Hobart's going to be in a month's time, sort of thing. Um, but what only really is starting to occur to me as I get older is that in the models, like you know, like I predict wind, it's not just about weather maps that have got to go into there. There's all sort of um, land influence and topographical information that's got to go into there, which you know. I hadn't actually sort of really started to click together because some of the models aren't that great when it comes to localised weather, but that's that's part of what you build as well. So, like, for all the different, like, I think it's like 20,000 locations around the world, is it? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's actually the, the 20,000 locations are just predefined ones, but you can you can literally select a location anywhere in Antarctica, middle of Africa. And so, you know, we have actually millions of actually locations now from customers so the weather model is 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 amazing. It's it's incredible, incredibly complex. I mean, you're trying to model the the Earth's atmosphere. If, if you actually any, if you really understood how complex it was, you'd be amazed at how well it does. You go, okay. wow! It's like you go, like, oh, this is incredible. You know. Um, so yeah, you, you you know the weather model starts off with um, you know the observations that go into the model, and that's a process in itself. So you know, this is like satellite data. You know, land observations, aircraft data, and it's it's a it's a model in itself to create. It's like a snapshot of the Earth's atmosphere right now, and that's a big file that we put into our models, and that's like a sixty megabit file, and that kicks off the process. And you're dividing the whole world into these cubes, um, horizontally and vertically, 
And then each cube has, you know, the, the physical characteristics of wind and temperature and everything like that and how it affects every other cube. So it's an empirical model that starts off around the world. But what you're talking about in terms of topographical side of things is, is the higher resolution you go, the more there's those effects to take into account. So if you go down to one kilometre resolution, and like we do in Pritikwin, for certain areas around the world, it's got basically all the topographical features um, and the heating. So, you know, for sea breezes and as mm. the wind bends around headlands, it, it, it does all those sort of effects. So it's not um, not obviously 100% correct, but it gives you the trends. And, you know, it really does, it's amazingly accurate. Like, I mean, we, you know, we'd, uh, in Valencia, for example, America's Cup, we had like, you know, 24 weather boys in the water and 30 land base stations. It was a crazy program that we wow. designed there. <laughs> and, uh, and you had the sea breeze in the model, you could see it, like, you know, this westerly, you know, like offshore breeze. And then you see a 20 knot sea breeze coming down the coastline and in the model, and you go, and there's two breezes fighting each other, and you go, that's not going to happen. And then you can actually see it mm. in real life on these weather boys, the things flicking over. So it's, Actually, incredible how it actually does does an amazing job at times. Yeah. Um, I've just had a business idea for you, John. Um, uh, <laughs> what predict wind's not big enough? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, welcome to Barkerati, John, where you get all your advice. <laughs> so, it's free, by the way. You don't have to pay us. <laughs> so taking, yeah, yeah, I'm giving this one away. So the complex modelling, looking at, at th- th- behaviours, things identifying things that are happening and then making prediction to the future. You could model um, a human being and their behaviours and then predict what they're going to do the next the next few days, you know, and I'd pay a lot of money to know what I'm going to do tomorrow because it's not often... I've already done it, John. Oh. Uh, Jordan's going to offend about three people. Yeah. Um, he's going to have pancakes and ice cream for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would, you could make a lot of money with that one, that's for sure. I mean, we thought of it another one called SarahPredictWin.com. We could createWin.com, you know? Oh, <laughs> you, you, you basically, it, it goes to the highest bidder. So, you know, if you you know, you know bid more than the other person, yeah. it's probably not a very ethical business. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, you didn't get it, did it because you didn't bid high enough, yeah? It, uh, it, oh, um, So, I guess... If, let's sort of kick out for a sec. Let's get on to you. Um, you didn't really get a choice when it came to going sailing, did you? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, you'd be surprised. I mean, how firstly how I got into it was obviously followed my dad around, triple Olympian, and he's a real you know iconic legend in New Zealand sailing. Um, and he's sailing with uh, Murray Ross at the time, and. Um, He's quite a character, and I could—I just they were talking in the living room. I was sort of out, I think, out in the kitchen somewhere, and I could hear them talking to each other. And and Murray said to Dad, "Oh, so when are you going to let get John into sailing?" He goes, "Oh, he's too young, you know." And he actually—he—he he doesn't have any money for a boat, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, you know, seven or something like that at the time. And so I came to him the next day and said, "Dad." I've got three hundred dollars saved up. Can you build me a boat? He went, oh, you know, what can I say to that? So he actually went out the next day and bought some plywood, and we bought it. He built an Optimus for me. So So, yeah, how did you get three hundred bucks at seven or eight? You're entrepreneurial, mate. Lots of jobs. Lots of jobs. Yeah, (laughs) they work them hard, New Zealand. They don't have child labour laws there. 
<laughs> so are we talking just by the way of Ross from uh, Ross Yacht Designer fame? Murray Ross. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, you should have asked for a Ross 780. There we go. Yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it is pretty cool. Like, um, do you reckon, and I might change your world here, John. Do you reckon your dad knew you were listening and um, he he set that whole conversation up just to make sure that you you sort of uh, became committed to the sport it was like oh this is what i have to do okay here i've got it and boom and then once you'd committed the dollars you couldn't go and spend it on a bmx bike so <laughs> no 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 he, he had no clue i think he was quite shocked and yeah. um but i think i think he really um he genuinely wanted to see it come from me rather than just being something that he sort of you know foisted on me um i mean and i think yeah it's probably a pivotal moment for me when i was doing a um an optimist regatta and he was you know, I mean, it's not like the, like now where basically, you know, the parents are just, you know, on the coach boat. There's coaches <laughs> everywhere and it's just like there's more coach boats and women yachts and it's just gone ridiculous, you know. I mean, in my day, they just had one coaching clinic per year. It was one week and Harold Bennett ran it and yeah. um, <laughs> and, and there was no coaching. You just got out there and you, you left yourself to it. In fact, your parents would drop me off now at the beach and we'd sail for hours. I wouldn't know where we were. We'd gone up the river. We'd gone miles away. Yeah. No phones. But yeah, as a, a regatta and I was in, it was a, a national champs and and I kind of stuffed up with this protest situation and it was looking pretty bad and and um I ended up winning it. But at one stage there he goes, Yeah, you actually you got you know, you got some potential there, you pick some shifts and okay. sort of like hearing that from your dad is like, you know, it was a genuine, not just a pat on the back. It was like, Yeah, yeah. you know, you, you can do this, you know. And so those sort of uh, those comments are pretty huge. Just for um, the rest of the world listeners who aren't New Zealand, that is pretty as effusive as you will get from a New Zealand father. You know, that's pretty much, <laughs> you know, that's pretty much you've just won uh, the World Cup in rugby and the gold medal <laughs> and everything and the America's Cup. You know, that's about as far as they go. They don't get much more <laughs> effusive than that. Oh, you're, you're doing all right, 100%. Son. 100%. <laughs> Got so a, was it a, a pretty a steep steep climb then to being really good, or you were just still having fun, or it was just a bit of a click of the fingers? Uh you know, I think um, you know, like uh, you know, to become good at anything, you have more failures than you do have successes. You know, and, and oh, I think you know, I'm going to be good you know, soon. Like, then at something, <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, Yes, I mean, you know, I think it was a, you know, long, you know, for me, it didn't come easy. Um, but I was just passionate about it, put the hard work in. And, um, yeah, we had uh, one, I mean, probably the, the big sort of uh, kind of uh, big break for me was we did the World Youth Championships in Italy. Mm. And uh, it was under 21 event. I was 16, straight out of the um, P class back, you know, straight in the P class the local boat here in New Zealand and, and you know dad sat me down before we went overseas and said look you've never done an international regatta you got to come last you know and you just just accept it you know just like this is it and um anyway we had we did this regatta initially and it was like we had these notes from it a, a, actually the guy I did the Olympics with Craig Greenwood who's a bit older than me mm-hmm. he says you know you start here in this condition you start here and you bang hard right and First race we won it, you know, and we 
We're going real good. Come the last race, we're in, we're in the in the medal contention you know, to win, and then we get teams raced by like oh. literally oh. 10, 12 Italian boats. You know, <laughs> that's and illegal. The mafia, oh, yeah, oh, that's yeah, illegal. The Italians would never oh. do that. <laughs> oh, I did it with glee, um, <laughs> and they just saw us down the back of the thing, and then we just took a big flyer on the last beat, and we got up to top ten, and we we won it. We oh. won it. Huge. Wow. And it was like, uh, yeah, it's kind of out of the bag thing. So it was a pretty proud moment for my dad and everything. But yeah, uh, but yeah I mean, it's, it's uh, you get these sort of boat, you know, moments in life where you kind of um, you get some opportunities and just you know, take them. Yeah, that is cool. I was actually looking at uh, the Olympics because, as you said, you did the four seventy with Craig, um, yeah. and I think seventh. Uh, and I thought, oh, seventh, you know, at, uh, in Barcelona. And then I looked who came eighth, uh, Wolfgang Hunger, and there's bugger all people in the world that can claim they're beating Wolfgang Hunger across the line because he is, you know, he's the king of uh, kill, kill Week, and uh, I think he won the yeah. gold uh, in the past. I'm trying to remember. He definitely won a whole bunch of world championships. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It, uh, yeah. That uh, I haven't beaten him. I'd, I'd, he's a, he's a phenomenal sailor. Um, and that 470 yeah. class is full of really talented sailors. Do you look at that class now, how it's evolved, <laughs> and just <laughs> be peace giggling? I know where you Do, do you just, look at. Sorry, I'm just giggling in the background. Yeah, I know where his brain's going. Um, do you look at that 470 class much anymore and sort of just track how it's evolved? Yeah, I don't know if this is going to be politically correct, but. Um, you're probably in our camp here, mate. Keep going. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, back in the day, you know, born and bred, lots of fantastic yachties, you know, you know, um, David Barnes, Hamish Wilcox, Murray Jones. Some amazing sailors came out of the 470 class. It's such a strong class here in New Zealand. It's it amazing. And, you know, back then I, you know, rate the boat. But now I look at it and... I just look at it like it's a bathtub, you know. It, um, yep. You know, with, with falling and stuff. And both my daughters are, you know, growing up sailing. And um, you know, sort of a family joke is, um, you know, to the Lucy and Sally, we, you can do any sport you want. I mean, you can do sailing, 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 or sailing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 I thought you were going to say that you can do any sport you want except four seventy sailing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, they said. Oh, Three years, we, you know, kind of didn't really enjoy it. We did it to you, but, you know, now they love it. They're still in the sport. And, it, you know, Stella, was my younger one, was doing 29 or something, you know, doing reasonably well at that. She said, Dad, I just want to go falling, you know. And so they're basically, um, yeah, they're both, you know, one's into kite falling, the other one's into wind falling. So, yeah, I kind of look at that, you know, the whole, the way that sailing's evolved with falling and whatnot. And, you know, if you're young and into sailing, I mean, why, why wouldn't you do a falling class? I think it's it's or something fast, you know. And a 470 just doesn't really, it doesn't fit the bill anymore. Things have moved on, you know. That's my opinion. Well, it's, you're um, on the wire. Do you, do you look at the pumping thing and do you think that, I mean, have you watched 470 pumping? Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's obviously very physical and it's good. Yeah. But it's, I mean, once you've been falling, I mean, I've, you know, kite, do kite falling, wind falling, winging. Um, it's pretty hard to go back. Yeah. Know? Well, yeah. Or as um, BP was about to jump in and say, air routing, as we call it. <laughs> air routing. <laughs> you know, the pumping on the 470, that's... Uh, yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. 
Uh, um, at least you got a career in porn afterwards, I think, if you'd done that, because you've got a good back. Um, you'd worked it hard. So with your kids, this is a bad transition. I apologise. Yeah, no, that was shit. <laughs> we'll take that one. No, we won't. <laughs> um, with your kids, because I saw a bunch of video of them wet, sailing the wetter, the little trimaran thing that yeah. New Zealand invention. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it looked like a, actually, you know, a lot of fun as a family. Um, that, was oh, that, amazing. Yeah. Amazing, yeah, because we, you know, the kids are young. We, 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 you know, take them on the both, take both of them out at the same time. I remember doing this one sail from the back of a house. We sailed right up, up to Auckland City, and then coming back, and it's going like twenty five knots, and we're just sending it downwind, uh, doing like at least twenty plus knots. And um, they had no idea how close to the edge we were of pitch following this thing. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, and then and then yeah, one regatta we decided to. Oh, they just, you know, they're just done Optimist and and we just push them out in the wetter and see how they go. And they, you know, had quite a few little interesting moments, you know, sisterly love, few, few arguments. But they, yeah, got around the course and beat some of their, you know, some of the boys. So that was good. Um, so, yeah, no, it's, it's a great boat, great, great boat, real great family boat and had some amazing times in that. We did quite a few of the national championships here and, and yeah, it was fantastic, yeah. It, um, but do you, do you think that intro, uh, I guess what I was trying to get to is not plugging the wet per se, but more around just having fun with your kids was the best intro, you know, like oh. you were talking before with all the coaching with the Optic kids and I'm yeah. guessing you're not out there doing that, like you, you'd be very justified and be able to sit there and coach your kids given, you know, the level of your background, but... Um, you know, the argument we have is just make it fun for them and they'll be good because they'll do. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, you, you definitely um, got to, it's got to, the first and foremost, be fun. And, and yeah, you know, the thing is, like, with my kids, you know, probably they're still doing it because, you know, you look around the Optimist days and there's all these amazing kids going so well, you know, the girls and, and whatnot. And, and uh, you know, for me, it was a bit of a wake-up call because we are doing the, the um, Optimist Nationals one year and it was in, in Napier and, and Sid Menzies won it, and he's a very, very amazingly talented sailor. And he gets up and he says, oh, I'd just like to thank um, this coach, this coach, and this coach. And I'm going like, yeah. oh, my days, this guy's got like two mm. or three personal coaches. Yeah. And I've done – I've had no personal coaching for my kids. Yeah. And, um, in fact, one day we had, uh, we had uh, someone want to get sponsorship with Predict Wind, and my marketing manager says, yeah, we'll give them, you know, give them free Predict Wind. And – but why don't you get them to give Lucy and Stella some free coaching? And so they came round our house, at the back of our house, and and the, and then and then uh, I think Lucy came in and said, "Oh, I can roll tack like the big, the good kids now." I'm going, "Oh my days! I should be teaching." Oh, I was a, a yeah. terrible coach, terrible coach. <laughs> I mean, you're a good sailor, isn't you're a good coach. And uh, I got them going in the early days, got them out there and passionate about it, but. You know, I just realised that there's, there, I mean, there's, there's a time and place for the coaching, but I think the problem is if you do it, if every time they go out, they've got a coach and they're doing it because they're just in a program, then when they're 18, 19, 20, are they still wanting, wanting to, you know, wanting to have that passion and do it on their own steam? Yeah. And so that's the great thing now is that, you know, very proud that Lucy, I mean, they're not, not setting the, the world light just yet, but they're, passionate about what they're doing they're yeah. doing it on their motivation i'm not telling them to go out there sailing they're actually going and doing it so i just think you have to parents and say so you play the long game you know you just you want your kids to be doing it mm. and sailing's a sport for life you can do it, it at any level anything so 
kind of get them get passionate about it and you'd like to say that they'll get good at it. Because that's certainly one of the themes we've come across, like these kids who have started with those two or three coaches. It's not long before they reach the burnout. And mm-hmm. um, we might welcome them back to the sport when they're 30 years old, but um, they get to that certain point. It's like, oh, yeah, losing losing the passion. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's, it's a real great um, it's a real great leveller when you go and compete against your, your daughters. So, like, I started off competing against Lucy and the kite falling. You know, this is we're not we're not very amateur, you know. And we did this Bay of Islands four week up and you know and um, and I beat her. I beat her the last, I think, the last two regattas. And the only reason why I beat her in the last regatta is because she had equipment failure. I said, doesn't matter. No, no. You got I your beat. mates and your yeah, team yeah. sailed her yeah. out of it. And you had three coaches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Learned it from the it Italians. Matter, but, you know, you're out there and you're like, you're pitting ass and you go, man, this is, I'm feeling the pressure from my daughter, you know, because I've got to beat her. And I just, what the heck, the pressure you kind of, and wasn't put on your, your your kids because just no, you didn't even say anything, but just the pressure, you know. And it's you know, so anyway, you know, I beat her. Then I switched classes to the the windfaller and going Stella, I beat her in the first couple of regattas. But then um, she's so far ahead of me now; it's just ridiculous. Wow. So it's classes again. But um, yeah. you, you you also gave to the, the P class. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get some good ones now. Some good ones floating around. <laughs> um, well, so it's a good segue here because you know we've talked a little bit about coaching and and sort of the intensity that some of the kids are going through with your with Predict Wind. Excuse that. Just throw my pen on the floor. With Predict Wind, um, there'd be a lot of interaction with the coaches these days because of how to to utilise the tool but also mm-hmm. at an entry level, how to actually understand weather. Like I, I, I'm guessing you're quite a busy man just from that perspective alone. Well, I mean, we're a weather forecasting company for sure, but really what we are is a development company, you know. So we a software development mm. company that basically making that weather accessible. So we sort of – we don't have a lot of – we're not, you know, we're not doing any um, – personalised weather forecasting. Um, and that's, to be honest, you, you, one of the reasons why I got into this game too is because there's a, quite a bit of pressure when you have to tell a team, go left, go right, high confidence, low confidence. And you get, you know, when you start doing these sort of personalised weather things, you get really in, into that whole world and you, you get, whereas if you provide them the tools, you go, here's the tools. And, yeah, we found out very quickly, you know, with these top meteorologists that if you can give them the best weather modelling, forecast you know that's 80 90 percent of what they they rely on so so yeah we're not really involved per se with the, the coaches and, and and the day-to-day level of, of um then we're just trying to we're trying to get feedback from customers of what they want mm. you know and we we get some great nuggets of what people want and mm. we've got within the team you know within we've got 15 people in our support team and yeah we've got you know four Volvo ocean race sailors you know, um, obviously I've done the America's Cup. We've got guys that, you know, raced against in the 49ers in Olympic campaigns, mm. guys that have done, you know, cruising miles. So we're all passionate about, about, they know what it's like to be out in the water with, you know, with a good forecast, without a good forecast. 
And so when they're talking to the customers, that you know, we have these team meetings every week, and and um, you know, around my home actually, and um, and it's it's the feedback coming through is fantastic. Of, of we can do this feature and that feature, but we're not, I guess, not really on the personalized forecasting side of things of like saying, okay, well, um, this is how you're going to win the regatta using it yep. tools in terms of on a on a one to one level, but we're just providing the the best tools possible. So on the on the tech <laughs> side, like you mentioned before, the there's a whole lot of data. I'm yeah. guessing and having used Predict Win yeah. to translate all that data into something that your everyday yachty can uh, yeah. read is that yeah. that's one of the well Definitely. from my yeah. side one of the yeah. greatest things and easiest things to use with the with the tool. Yeah, totally, and, and that's what we're trying to improve all the time. I mean, we first launched Predict Win. It was, you know, as I said before, and you know accurate forecast, how can I going to be? And you soon realise that actually most people don't even know if forecast is accurate or not, you know. All they know is the user interface. Is the user interface easy to use or not, you know. And so it's pretty frustrating mm. when people go, oh, I'm, I'm using X, Y, Z, just because I like to look at this, the graphics, you know. And you go, yeah, pretty pretty you colours know? and yeah. some crayons yeah. and away we go. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be good. Look, uh, So, you know, we, we have to make it, you know. So one of the things we did, for example, one of the formats is we call a daily briefing. And we grab you know, all the data and basically synthesize that into a text-based forecast. You know, Ray Davies and Team New Zealand used to call it the John Bilger forecast, you know. So <laughs> we so we're basically getting rid of the outliers, we're averaging it. And it's it's amazingly good. I mean I actually I rate it pretty highly when I'm going kiting or because you know when you when you're going, you know, winging or whatever, you kind of look at the model you want to look at, you know, whereas this is very objective. It just looks at all of them. It gets rid of the outliers. And because you kind of, and then it, you go, well, okay, it's not going to be good because <laughs> it's just taken the data and displayed it. Um, mm. So, no, I think it's that, that's the key thing. And, and that's probably one of the big things that we've been working on really hard is to make the thing user-friendly and just to get the data in a form that's actually um, presentable. So... For example, extreme weather warnings, you know, um, you know, people look at the forecast and go, ah, it's rubbish, you know, terrible forecast today. But, you know, they wouldn't have picked up on the fact there's high cape today, you know, which is, you know, the chance of thunderstorms. Mm. Um, they wouldn't have picked up there's rain and, and then gusts up over 25 knots, which is a good chance of rain squalls. Mm. And so now if you go into the tables now, you can see these little warning signals at the top of the table. Click on the t- click on those, and I'll tell you. You know, there's a chance of thunderstorm, chance of rain squall, might be wind against current, and all all the sort of things that can um, are really hard to get exactly right, but it give you some indication of what you need to look for. Yeah. What if you say go um, back to um, oh, go BP? <laughs> I was just just going to say, going back to when the uh, the app the app predict when uh, became available on mobile devices, because that. That's the game changer right there, isn't it? The ability to be able to have that information instantly. Um, sure. Did you think that it would get to this level? Did you think that it would become such a, a thing that it's almost like every day someone would be on the on the app? Yeah, yeah. Again, sort of naively thought we'd sort of build the app and then just sort of maintain it. And you know, we you know we we started off with you know one developer, one sort of graphics person. Um, and yeah, now we've got about 60 people contributing to Predict Win. I mean, not all full time. Um, and so it's, it's, it's quite a big monster. Um, yeah, so I you, bet. You kind of, you, you kind of got, lot, we got lots of different projects going on and we, we, we're kind of probably our own worst enemy in terms of innovation. You know, we, we just, 
man, that's cool. We we, mm. we got to do that. You got know, to do that. Like, oh, yeah. oh, oh, <laughs> but, a, but an AI, you know, well, we, how can we use that? That'll be cool. You know, how imagine if you could actually talk to the app and say, hey, what's the forecast for Wednesday? You know, at such and such beach. You know, and it, it tell, tells you what the forecast is. You know, and you can actually have the interaction. So, you, so yeah, we, we just spices, spices all over AI. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to say you could be the new Siri. Could go, hey, John, what's the forecast <laughs> at uh, Semaphore Beach today to go wing dinging? Well, <laughs> no, believe no, no, it or not. No, 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 and you could change the language. No, 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 not hey, John. No, no, hey, John. Hey, bro. <laughs> hey, bro. <laughs> or you go for the Aussie style. G- g'day, mate. Uh, what's the forecast today? <laughs> exactly. Now we can do that. <laughs> hey, what have you seen, John, in the... Oh, there's, um... there's a business idea right there. Obviously. Sorry. <laughs> Absolutely. Every, I might do it myself. Every nationality's got a... Every nationality you could do it, you know? <laughs> so the info you're receiving from a model point of view, GFS mm. or whatever it is, how, how have you seen the um, that information come and go over the years? Like, is it just... Are you just got so much data now that you you actually need AI to filter it properly or you've, yeah, yeah. You know, well, how's well, all that work? Yeah. So, so we basically started off predict when we just had, we had our two models, you know, that, you know, it's actually the same model, but different inputs, you know, so we get, we get observations from the Americans from the GFS model and we get observations from the Europeans. Um, and then, you know, we were the only ones doing one kilometer resolution at the time. This is 13 years ago. And actually people thought we we're just making the stuff up. You know, it can't be one kilometer resolution. It's too high resolution. But then obviously as computing powers got better and better and the other models have got better resolution, like ECMWF, they have nine kilometer resolution for the whole world, you know. So we mm-hmm. bought that data like, you know, about five years ago. It cost us about a quarter of a million dollars a year to get that data at the highest resolution. Wow. So that's the whole world of data. Since we're a max charge customer for them. And then we found this other model called Spire, which is even better than ECMWF offshore. And now you have the biggest nano satellite network in the world. Um, so yeah, we, we are more complex. We have these sort of top six models that basically, you know, you can look at and predict when in the tables. And, you know, when you first look at predict when you go, whoa, what, 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 just give me one model, you know, come on, mate, this is just too hard, you know. But the thing is, if they're all got a consensus and saying the same thing, you can have more confidence in the forecast. Mm. So it's a false sense of security to have one model and it's completely wrong. Mm. At least you can say, well, generally in the first day, it's pretty close. And obviously, you go up to the end of the week, it can be all over the show. And, you know, if they're all over the show, we don't know what's going on, you know. That's yeah. Um, so, yeah, there is a bit of interpretation to it. Um, and I think, um, you know, obviously, it was, as we get AI in there, we'll, we'll be able to uh, improve that and, and um, make it better. What we got? We got the top guy from Team New Zealand who did all the AI from, um, from their last, last campaign. And that was, you know, you've got these foils and you you know, testing these these falls to see which is the fastest one, the best lift, the best drag. But around the race course, it can be completely different because you've got to tack and jive. You know, you've got a bit of two start mm. move. So he would actually, you know, do AI to actually race the boat around the racetrack and then actually tell him which is the best overall foil, which is yeah, completely right. different to the best in the straight line. Very smart guy, and known for a long time. And um, you know, he's obviously an engineer and a software engineer. So he um he works for us full time now. And um, in one of the projects he did, which is convert the GMVSS um, uh, text-based forecast, which is GMVSS is a global marine distress system um, for for big ships. So when you oh, pick yeah. up the you know the 
the phone on the bridge, you go straight through to the emergency services, it's all tracked. And one of the things they do is they have a weather forecasting system. So the whole world's divided into regions, and each region, you know, New Zealand controls Pacific, so the bottom Pacific, Australia is in a certain area, and they do warnings for, for different things like, you know, cyclones or thunderstorms or whatever. And so they have these text-based forecasts, and they're, I mean, they're, they're very good. I mean, the professional meteorologists looking at these, all the models, making their predictions. Um, but if you try and read the forecast, oh, my goodness, it's like it's just, <laughs> you have to be a, a boffin to read it, you know. And then you have to plot where the thing is, you know, that lat long such and such, this uh, tropical cyclone, Harry, is popping up here and, and moving at 10 knots here. And uh, and so, well, we, we actually, he uses um, AI to actually reverse engineer all that, that text into a graphical element, and that's now displayed on all our maps. Um, so that when you are, you know, at the moment, it's just showing the, um, the GMBCs for, for day one, but it's going to go to day two and day three. So then you can... When you're pulling up the map, you can see these, you know, these warnings. Um, you know, there might be a thunderstorm area over your warning over your particular area. Um, so yeah, I think there's huge potential there to do to do a lot more. And so we just we're just you know pushing it as hard as we can. <laughs> the the real um, value here, like I think, with these modelling, uh, you know something like predict wind with the long journeys you know that ability when you're doing an ocean crossing or when you um you know not just racing you know like cruising now like people are able to to take what you offer and actually have a lot more confidence when going to see that you know like you can make your 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 route planning based around your weather modelling and, and put yourself in safety. And I'll give you an example of, of how important it is because it'll actually it'll mean everything to my, my relationship because I have promised my wife when we go cruising we'll never sail upwind, right? Um, <laughs> and, and so, you know, I can't emphasise how important uh, predict yeah. wind would be in that situation, you know, like because we're, yeah. we're going to just stay anchored and, and drink a wine until we go, oh, okay, we've got a week of downwind here, we'll go now. Um, exactly. And that's, I mean, that's even 10 years ago, you just couldn't even think like that, but now that is possible. Yeah, yeah, totally. Damn, I, remember, I remember the old, uh, I remember the old um, uh, weather faxes. You remember those? That was only yeah. 20 years ago. You could sit there, sit there and watch that bit of paper with blotchy black ink come out and go what the stuff is that <laughs> you know there's no chance of reading those old things <laughs> i know i know you know they're all, they're all shutting them down now because they're, they're, they're no one's using them yeah but, um, <laughs> but it is amazing because you know one of the things we're quite proud of the fact is you know back when we started off predict when you know weather routing was sort of the domain of you know top racing navigators mm. and you know cruising so weather routing is you know you might get the odd boss from using it but you know that was just way too technical and you know, even when I when I was working with um, you know Telefonica, um, you know doing their weather you know updates around the world, and you'd, you'd sit down and we're using you know say Adrenal Expedition, and and you're getting all the data in and doing the briefing. It would take you know half an hour to get all the grid files down, compare compare different uh, models, and present it to the team. It was it's it's a it's a quite a you know timely a, a time consuming process, you know. And so, you know, now with Predict Win, it's simply like, you know, the, you put your start destination, click the button, and then six models, you've got that information for your whole trip. 
And so it's just Phenomenal. transformed the game. It's made so pretty much every single cruising sailor that we have uses weather routing. And because it's all done in the cloud and, you know, on our servers, basically we're crunching so much data at the highest possible resolution. It's, it's, you know, it's gigabytes of data and you get the, the weather routing results. It's a tiny, tiny file, you know. So mm. um, it's, it's made it really, really easy for people to, to use. Mm. Uh, and the, the big thing with that technology too is we, we soon realise that it's actually what will get you is, is not like you're talking about it. It's not the wind, it's the waves, right? Yeah. And it's yeah. this whole up and downwind thing. And so we recently added like a year ago this um, hydrodynamic modelling um, within predict wind routing. So, so this, this is a real game changer. So yeah. basically we have, you know, monohulls or catamarans and you put in the dimensions of your boat. So the woodline length, the beam, the draft, the displacement. And we basically have modelling for every single wave condition you could possibly come across. And this is not just primary waves. This is primary, secondary, and tertiary. So most people are downloading a forecast. Then you're looking at the primary wave state, but it's those conditions where you have primary, secondary, and tertiary. We're very confused wave state, yep. and you know short period things. It can be really, really, really dangerous, you know. Yeah. And so, so basically, when you're running the route, it's um, looking at the effect of the performance of the waves in your boat, whether the boat's going to slow down or speed up, which is kind of interesting. Um, but the main thing is actually it'll tell you, you know, how much roll you're going to have on the boat. And we know about like three degrees RMS roll, it's really hard to stand up on the boat, you get, you know, it's dangerous. How much vertical acceleration, which is related to seasickness. Wow. In fact, you've proven that you can actually make anyone seasick with the right vertical acceleration. They've proven that in, in the Navy. And then boat slamming. So obviously, you know, the, when the boat's chopping wood upwind. Mm. Um, and um, so we can predict that with, you know, high accuracy now, um, which is, it just makes the whole thing because like, I, mean, I, I did a trip recently from Auckland to Fiji. Um, one of the guys is a professional delivery captain. He still keeps his hand and he does the odd delivery trip. And um, he said, "Oh, you should come along with me, John." I said, "It'd be awesome. Good to get you know go and do an offshore thing. I've been out out out, out offshore for a while, and um, and that's like uh, what they call in the industry um, eating your own dog food. You know." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so you, and so and i'm and i'm thinking oh and then and then we got like this quite big swells it's like three and a half four meter swells and yeah they're behind us i'm thinking man this could be could be heinous you know but you know all the the roll and the vertical acceleration and the boat slamming was all fine and sure enough we got out there it was it was as predicted it was good you know no problem and um but yeah it's, it, it was really quite yeah, heartwarming to you, you know, you should mm. out there. And in you, real you life, know, yeah. Well, the rest of the team are giving me a hard time, like, you know, you better, because we, you know, we give our customers, you know, we get these customers coming who don't actually do their preparation and they're trying to turn this thing on, you know, and, and uh, you know, one of the team members says, oh, God, they deserve to perish at sea. And uh, I say, <laughs> John, you better not perish at sea, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I found your three customers, John. Just in case you're wondering, um, the if you go to the Ocean Globe race, they're you know they're coming out of Europe, they've crossed the equator, and they're heading into Cape Town. Uh, yeah. And as we all know, uh, head over to best uh, is best. Yeah, head over to Brazil, yeah. loop around yeah. the high there, and come in from the bottom. Um, yeah. yeah, that 
that memo hasn't got to three people. They're not using mm. predict wind. You can quite clearly see they're just going. They're taking the straight line approach, and they could be there for well, another month. We talked month. about this last week, though. Tacking on Tuesday. Last week on the show. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. actually, it was. It was. It was just. You know, not trying to name drop here, but basically Paul Kayard come through to me on on uh, my email, and he was doing some sort of I don't know press release thing for that race because they they got no weather on board, right? They got yeah, none. Correct. Weather facts. No, no. And he's telling me this. He says, he says I, I'm seriously concerned for them. And he's he's using a weather routing tool and you know doing like a bit of a, a summary of what they're going to get. Yeah. Um, and we got the the tracking on there, so it makes it easy for him to to do the weather routing. Um. But yeah, he's he says like this this could go real bad. Southern Ocean, they get the wrong side of a system. Yep. I mean, actually, it's just not. I mean, it sounds romantic, right? We're going to go back in time, mm. and we're going to use the old technology, and well, the, the, that's said, what they're doing. They're going back in time. Yeah, and he says the weather facts thing is worse than it used to be because all these stations are closed down. So they're like, they hate don't have any weather. Wow. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Yeah. That is well, mm. um, you know, and you can't get tapes for your, your Walkman anymore, you know, like this can't get no. cassettes, you're still living no. off your <laughs> dire straits 1982. Alchemy <laughs> album's really it's, starting to stretch, <laughs> it's even it's before the Sony, it's before the Sony Walkman, so yeah, no, no good. It's um, it is a, it is a sort of the whole concept of of how you've created this thing and it's got to this amazing element. Um, and, you know, wh- while we're joking about it, what we've actually talked about there is safety. You know, that yeah. you've you've actually, the, the whole concept of being comfortable was where we were started this conversation. You can go, you know, you can go to sea and you'll be comfortable, right? But now we're talking about complete safety and that doing a Southern Ocean Crossing and being able to stay in weather systems, you know, you've got your polars and you can actually you can actually put yourself in a safe situation, you know. Like, um, that's probably the most impressive thing, you know, for whether it's a race organiser, you know, they can make that decision whether to go or not go, which we saw with the uh, Mini Transat, you know, they delayed a day. Um, that element of what you are doing uh, is a game changer, you know, just purely from that safety aspect. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, first of all, you know, when you say you, I mean, it's not me, it's the team. I've got yeah, of course. the smartest guys behind us, you know, the, the development team, is the support team, the marketing. So, yeah, I mean, I just, I mean the Armani skill set really is to assemble the right team. But, yeah, I mean, the, the, the you're so true. And it, it, it's, really cool. it's, it's probably one of the big drivers for me doing the businesses because, you know, you have a lot of mates in the sailing game and they've kind of gone on to cruising um, like Hamish Wilcox, for example, and, and mm. they're using our tools and they go, oh, man, this is just so amazing, so good. And then we get, you know, reports from, you know, families have completed their, you know, done a two or three-year ocean cruise and um, and they go, thanks for keeping us safe, you know. It's, yeah. it's you know, we, we just, you guys are amazing. And so it's kind of, it's because we're all sailors, we kind of get that and um, it's a big growing thing. So we're always looking for, things to make it safer. Like for one thing we did, we added, which is completely non-related to weather at all, is AIS data. So as AIS, as you know, is, you know, basically shows the position of a ship via VHF. And normally it's only like 20 nautical miles, you know, great for collision avoidance on your chart plotter so you can see a container ship coming past. Um, 
but the weather company that we use, Spire, they actually they have all this AOS data goes into their satellites because it's going directly into space. The VHS signal can be picked up by these these um, bigger ships. So we literally have any sort of AOS data for any ship vessel offshore. Class one vessels definitely right. will come through the big ships. Um, we have three hundred thousand vessels at one time. So basically, when you're doing your your weather out, you can also download the AIS data, all the vessels in, say, 300 nautical mile range. Yeah, right. You can say, okay, well, I'm coming, you know, I've got, I've got looks like, I mean, you're not going to use it for collision avoidance, but you can say, well, tonight on watch, looks like we've got to watch out for these, you know, half a dozen container ships, or there's a big, massive fishing fleet in our way. We don't really want to sail through that. That could, you know, it could have some long lines out or who knows what. Um, so that so those sort of things are really, really cool features. I think we've got the next step coming, lads. It's the uh, tracking down the Sunfish Union and the uh, and <laughs> yeah the, the Sunfish. If we can get the money you need to put on the Orcas. That'll stuff them, won't it? Hey, that'll stuff them. That's, that's they think the they're smart at them. They think they're pretty smart at the moment, don't they? <laughs> that's the next module for the development for you guys. Yeah. Mate. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, it it is super cool though. Like. Um, I think the, we're sort of coming very close to running out of time, but I'm interested, the question we have to ask is, is it, I assume it's AI, but what is the next stage, where's the next evolution of what Predict Wind will be able to offer? Uh, well, I can tell you uh, the feature's coming out in the next month, oh. um, which is, I think is going to be a major game changer. Oh. Um, we've been working on this the last three years. Here we go. It's um, Predict Current. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah, so tidal currents for pretty much all the coastlines around the world. Um, wow. And so we have, you know, there's obviously companies that have done it before and they've done sort of different areas, but we've got worldwide coverage. You know, we've got Antarctica and the Arctic, but everywhere else, um, you can see tidal currents and it into certain areas with very high currents. We've got very, very high resolution models. Um and so that's um you know, that data is going to be available within PredictWind um, and, and part of the modeling and part of, sorry, of the weather routing so that when you do your weather route, you'll be using all those, those tidal currents, um, which we have. We have ocean currents at the moment and have limited areas at the moment, but this will be sort of worldwide coverage. Um, so that's, wow, and that's that we'll have a separate app for that. The app is going to be, um, you know, sort of lower priced for, for getting, you know, be in between a basic and standard package. And, you know, one of the things we'll do is highlight when you get wind against current, you know, which is obviously yep. it can be really nasty. So that's going to be, yeah, I think a really nice, you know, for fishermen, for sailors, for, for, for everyone, I think it'd be a great, a great tool. Um, so that, that's, yeah, that's, that's a long time coming, but it's, um, yeah, I think it's going to be amazing. So we, you know, we work with a team of oceanographers who, who, uh, who did this and that, you know, they, they've done an amazing job. So, yeah. I, I can see it now, Sydney, 24th of December. Everyone will be looking <laughs> at their phones. Hmm. Do I go out for a blinder yeah. and a big Christmas lunch? <laughs> or I'll be able to hold it in for a dato. <laughs> exactly. I love it. I love it. Hey, what blows my mind. Passage, and, passage planning. And conscious of timing here, but just the, the way we've seen technology um, what are they? Is it Boar's Law or something that it doubles every year or whatever? What it? Boar's Law, yeah, yeah. Just how that evolves and 
trying to keep up. I mean, like you say, you surround yourself with some of the best in the industry. That that would be a challenge in itself. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, we're very fortunate we've got some amazing developers and, and they are, you know, they're the geniuses that make Purplin great, that's for sure. We give them the feedback, we get these ideas, we design it with the design team, they've done a major job of design and then they just give it to them, yep, can we have this, you know? Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's 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 the challenge for us is to keep on top of this technology and keep it. And one, one of the great things is we made a decision like 10 years ago to go with Amazon Web Services. So yep. that's just, yeah, I mean, that's just, Oh, I used to keep me up at night, you know. I bought, I bought in the early days. I bought one hundred and thirty thousand US dollars worth of computing equipment, and we yeah, put it put it in your basement. <laughs> oh, but I was like, yeah, see the farm in the states. Yeah, you know, one would break. Make make, 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 a, bit, make, make a make a bit of Bitcoin while you're there. Oh no, <laughs> far out. And we, we had these servers running twenty four hours a day, just trying to keep up. And they, you know, we divide the world into four regions, and we just try and get the forecast out, you know, roughly before you wake up in the morning. But now we have. These, you know, we can spin up the most, you know, humongous amount of, you know, service with an Amazon mm-hmm. and just pay for the two hours we use them and then shut them down again. So it's, yeah, it's, wow. we've spent a lot of money with them, but it's well worth the money because yeah, that technology size is taken care of, you know. Um, yeah. It's very cool. Well, Jeff Bezos just brought a boat with three rigs in it. So, um, Thanks for keeping us all employed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's been an interesting conversation, John. It really has. Like um, one thing that surprising. This will surprise you. The thing that sort of jumped out to me is your conversation about team having the surrounding yourself by the best people. And I I finally realised what I've been doing wrong with my life. So I appreciate that you've actually (laughs) speak for yourself. I thought you blokes are pretty good. Pretty yeah. good. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. In terms of uh, if if the listeners wanted sort of um, haven't come across Predict Win, is it is there a trial period that they can do, or how does it work if people want to sort of experience it? Yeah, well, we 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 have a free version. So basically, you know, in fact, most of our users we've got a, you know around a million users. Right. Most of them on the free versions. Free, free version. So tight, just go on to download the app and um, you, you know, you've got to register. But yeah, there's a free, we probably give away too much for free. Like you get a you get forecast anywhere in the world for mm. free tables and the graphs and the maps. And then obviously some of the, some of the features like the observations and, uh, and um, you know, some other things like you can only get, you know, two forecast locations at one time on the free version. But we give away too much, way too much for free, in my opinion. Yep. But that's that gets the word out, and um, mm. so yeah, you download the app, you can go on the website, um, and, yeah, and try it out. And then if you want to try some of the um, professional features, you just contact us, and we can give you you know free trial of, of that. For you know, there's no problem doing that. So you know, we we have our support team is you know we're not just this big corporate; we're real people, our sailors, and and we want to hear from you. So just uh, reach out if you've got any questions. I love it. Ah, I love it. Like, um, I mean, just all those things you were talking about during that that whole episode, all those different details, like that stuff is a game changer. So, I, I, I sort of, you know, actually knowing it exists is uh, is pretty critical. You know, like, um, uh, it's super cool. You want you're one step closer to your catamaran, aren't you, Jordan? Oh, that's it, mate. <laughs> 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 uh, it's getting right, easier. 
John, yeah, um, yeah, awesome. Ton of fun chatting to us. I suspect we'll chat again in the future because uh, you know, uh, probably even close to the cup, we'll you know get a bit yeah. more fired up about all those things. But good on you for. I mean, it's incredible, like being a dumb bastard and then being able to talk to someone like you who's created this sort of amazing technology is is an honour. So uh, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us here at Bar Karate. Um, and, yeah, we'll look forward to chatting some more, mate. Oh, pleasure. Thank you for having me on the, on the show. I really appreciate it. It's good yeah. fun. Awesome, John. Good to see you again. Good on you, and mate. We'll nice be thing. certain to see nice you. Nice to meet you. Thanks Not long you. in, yeah, see you in the soup, as they say. Yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> Cheers. Um, you might have seen me smirking there, boys, mm-hmm. on the on the video. Yeah. Um, when we, you were talking about promising to your wife that you're never going upwind. Yeah. So you got two choices, I reckon. <laughs> One, you get predict wind, mm-hmm. or two, you live out your catamaran fantasy <laughs> and you buy yourself a proa. Because they never go out with. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, nah. mate. That hey, was we, um, that was that amazing. was cool. And um, to to the listener, yeah, you didn't get it, but um, we had a little chat to John after the a episode. Little? There, we went for ages, at quite a while, <laughs> and we kind of gave and, all our predicts and, we, and, and all our predicts yeah. and all our predicts all our, what they all our predicts what they could all be, um. Yeah. One thing we didn't talk about, though, boys, what is um, predict your nutrition? Oh, oh, you could write that into it, right? Because, um, I mean, having used the app and actually the desktop feature, um, just to do a bit of routing, e.g., prior to the blue water, the Teakle Blue Water Classic, um, just (laughs) to get the boys to know exactly what's happening and you can send them the information you can send them the tables or you can send them the the chart or whatever it is but you could also now send them what they'll be eating yeah radix oh. nutrition yeah well you could do predict radix radix <laughs> for uh, for the listener like we genuinely we talk afterwards and we we've never recorded it because uh, we, we don't do the patreon thing and we haven't uh, sort of gone down that path but the conversations we have after are just insane and that was a really, really fun one and there was some great ideas that were bounced around and stuff. Oh, they were they were great ideas. All right. some, they're gonna they're gonna take off. Uh, the banter I there. Just like, imagine John now sitting there going, What did I just do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, you know, there's a couple of things that popped to mind after that conversation, boys, is that we should do live shows where we have all that sort of I don't know if it'll keep flying because, you know, once once the mics are switched off, the conversation loosens up just a tiny bit more, you know, and if we're on stage, it might or it might not work. I don't know. But we should, uh, you know, doing live shows, but uh, maybe. Well, the other thing that's come out of it, Jordan, mm-hmm. is maybe it is time we create a Patreon oh. account and we actually... Um, Never thought of that. We record these yeah. and make them available to the listener. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I guess the listener could tell. Um, we might get around to that in the next uh, 12 or 24 months, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, We've, got um, a lot on. We've got a lot on coming up. But, 
yeah, with the predict with predict nutrition, if you are looking to uh, to run your nutrition, uh, uh, you've got a big regatta coming up or a big offshore event, uh, or just you're trying to live healthier, then just jump onto Radix Nutrition. Remember, if you type in into the code, you can use the word Bar Karate, and that'll get you a discount, ten um, percent discount uh, on your your Radix, and you know. Let us know what you think. It would be happy to hear from it. But yeah, all very cool. Um, yeah, cool, cool, cool. Moving on. Shall we move on, boys? What's next? What's in the yep. agenda? Uh, club events, uh, things that are coming up, uh, regattas to keep your eye out for. Boys, I've put one down here. The ICF Canoe Ocean Racing World Championships, Western Australia. Things are getting busy in Western Australia. Um, now, canoe racing is nothing to do with sailing, but there's a whole bunch of us actually do it and, and go ocean paddling. Uh, so I just thought I'd highlight that the actual world champs are not too far away from getting underway in Western Australia. And I just, uh, you know, Bossy, you've got a big... BP, you're the only one that doesn't have one. You don't have one, do you? But you're buying toys. Oh, no, I've got 5,000 in the shed next to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, mate, I'm an expert at it. I, you, I can, I'm watching them build every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's um, incredible, yeah. For yeah all what the colour do you want, mate? You, can have, you know you can have – I can get you one with custom paint jobs as well. Or anything you can I'm, – I'm into it, BP. I love them. Uh, I mean, oh, mate, you're I've in the Nilo factory, so aren't you? I've skis and kayaks and bloody yeah. other things you paddle – in my life. Yeah, well, the skis what I like, and bice is the same. Yeah. Um, but so Cut just my teeth on an Alo ski, actually, yeah. from day one. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, okay. I forgot about you being in Nello, of course. Yeah, BP, mm. you're the expert yeah. now. Anyway, end of November. Oh, I am, mate. Yeah. End of November, yep. start of December. Uh, so Western Australia is a good time. So for those uh, w- uh, uh, Wally windsurfers that are heading over, if you get there a little early, you can double up a uh, couple of events to do. And basically, for those who have wow. no idea what we're talking about, you're getting a look, six metre long, super thin can, uh, kayak and you paddle downwind and you ride the waves for about 20, 30 kilometres. Uh, it's a ton of fun. And as long as you don't get eaten by the sharks, you're good. Yeah. Just don't fall in. <laughs> Love it. Easy. Yeah. Um, the other good thing, uh, 16s are back and the 18s are back. So mm-hmm. if you if you want to watch a bit of uh, sailing on TV and a lot of fun stuff, um, pretty loose, uh, the 18 foot skiffs uh, in in Sydney put on uh, a stream so you can just look up 18s and the 16s have been doing the same. I think it's the same company doing it. Um, so you're more than welcome to jump on to uh, and have a look. We just thought you'd let you know their sailing starts. There'll probably be one on TV in a few hours. Oh, actually, when we're recording, we'll, when we published, you'll have missed it. Just go back and have a look. You'll be able to catch up and watch. <laughs> it's hard, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Where are we? What, what's happening? Yeah, we yeah. don't know. What? don't know what day it is. Um, don't know. 40th anniversary of the PIC. I don't know how to pronounce it. PIC is it Pick, pick. or po- yeah, Coastal Classic or the Puck? I believe it's Puck. Puck the Puck Coastal Classic. The Puck Coastal Classic. Yes, yes, and this is exciting as well because uh, one of my boats is in it, so I'm looking forward to that. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. Mm-hmm. straight yeah. out drag race, 120 yes. miles. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it's it's. I think it's the biggest. Sort of offshore event in New Zealand, so it is a big one. Oh, um, definitely, yeah. The Great Race, I believe they call it. Yeah, yeah. It is the Great Race. I mean, it is, there's a lot of Great Races, but it's the, this is, this the, is great the Great Race. Yeah. Great yeah, Race in the land great. of the Long White Cloud. I'd be interested to see how your boat goes, BP, how the X2 goes. Um, yeah, will, no, will, they have, um, 
What will they have a big Radix Nutrition sticker on the side? Are they that that loyal? Mate, it's Radix, mate. It's oh, mate. The big black uh, uh, North 3DI main source, the whole thing is a silver Radix. Okay. Mm, very cool. Oh, yeah. No, she's a full – it's called Radix, the okay. boat. Yeah. Okay. All right. So there you cool. go. There's the uh, – that all ties in. Um, 20th of October, I think, it's race day. Um, yep, 20th. Yep. And they finish in uh, Russell Bay of Islands. Mm, beautiful place beautiful. to finish, by the way. Beautiful. Which is actually where, uh, where the uh, owner lives. So, yeah, it's all handy. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, best of luck for everyone entering that, and uh, we'll watch with interest, obviously. Um, the other thing that we do want to mention is that the Hansa World Champs are about to start uh, yes. in Portugal, BP, so you'll probably head down uh, oh. in uh, Portimao. Um, oh, beautiful place of the world, part of the world. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, well, absolutely. Bill of the cons let me down. I might have to get down south a bit. Yep. Yep, jump, jump there, jump there. Um, so it's literally starting as we publish. Um, it'll be starting this weekend, so uh, practice race uh, as we publish, and then this week will be the racing world champ. So this is uh, this is the Hanses, the little boat that um, uh, for I don't know what the correct term to use. Uh, handicapped sailors, I guess, is the best way to yep. say it. Yep. Um, so best of luck to all the competitors uh, competing in their world champs. I right, smash it. They've got a full program uh, of sailing and social events. Um, I've just got visions of people getting drunk and falling backwards off their wheelchairs, but uh, hopefully they're all happy and safe. Um, uh, but, yeah, it would be a great event and it's a great place. And if you're you know, going to Portugal, as Bicey said, it's beautiful. But, uh, you know, BP's living there right now and she's uh, she's a glamour country. So it'll be great fun for all the competitors. It is a glamour country and good luck to all those uh, all the guys and girls in the Hansa class. It's So, uh, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, very Love exciting. It. Cool. Um, boys, we go on to the listeners of the week. Remember? No, I've got one more just oh. to throw in there oh, good. Um, in right, our home orders. Um, two weeks to go before the um, before entries close for the Sydney to Hobart. Oh yeah, good point. And is, yes. let's not forget what's happening at the pointy end of the fleet. Let's say, which of course is what the only five boats that are in the race, the hundred footers. <laughs> but uh, we no, of course we'll do do a rundown on everyone. But there's a bit of movement, a bit of fever in the hundred footer class. Of course, um, of course we've got Comanche at who finishes their charter at after this particular race. So the last one for Hermie and the boys to really light her up. Um, Law Connect, of course, they'll be fighting out hard with um, their regular contribution, always been close. Scallywag, new full reconfiguration. So we've seen for those following what Scallywag is going through on the uh, on the socials. Mm. Um, I think they're just about to relaunch or pretty close to, and then motoring down the coast, pick up their new pipe, and then down to Sydney to step the rig and all that sort of stuff. And then, of course, we've seen it this week. Yeah, rename Wild Thing Yachting Stefan Racing, former eighty footer, now a hundred footer, come rolling out of the shed. Um, and literally rolling to turn up the right way to finish everything to then see pretty much what how on earth they're going to make the start of the Sydney to Hobart. It's always it's always a story. Oh well, hopefully we hear a bit of news about that. Let's just stay tuned there, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> well, very so, subtle, um, PP. Very subtle. 
Yeah. But, um, you know, pretty typical program in that regard that uh, bite off more than you can chew and uh, chew like fuck, as they say, and uh, Warro's the man <laughs> for it. So um, I'm pretty sure we'll see the vote on the start line. Um, oh, no question. No yeah. question. So let's see. Okay, well, yep. let's um, – that does open up. So I was going to go into the Jack Lloyd Listener of the Week and remember if you uh, if you are chosen of the Listener of the Month, you'll get the $200 Aussie voucher from our friends at Vicobi. Um so keep rolling in. Uh, the easiest way to get to us is cheers at barkerati.com. Uh, boys, so let's give you a rundown. My mate mm. Dean Blatchford, do you guys know Dean Blatchford? No. I think so, no. He's an absolute legend sailor, super talented sailor, won a bunch of 505 championships, was, was the man for quite a while and is – one of my favourite blokes. Uh, I do enjoy Dean. Uh, I have a, a few beers with that boy as often as I can. And he's been texting me quite regularly. He is not the only one that is sending it through, but Dino has been texting me quite regularly about um, an event that is ongoing. And the it is... I'm just trying to... I want to, I want to get the wording right. It's defender.x. So if you're into the gram... It's a couple of Land Rover defenders. Yeah, bossy. I've been sending you this, and you haven't followed through. A couple of Land Rover defenders that are going from London. I think London to San Francisco. I think it is. Um, What? And get me on this. I'm having a look now. And with that in mind, they're starting. You know, obviously, you can't drive across the English Channel. So, but they've they've motored these defenders on floats across the English Channel, and they are in France. I've got uh, Dino's got the footage. He's been sending me photos and yes, footage. There and it is. There they are, Arc de Triomphe, um, and they they they're off and away. So they've basically put these defenders on big floats. A lot of people have sent this in, but Dino Dino's uh, was first, and he's kept me in the loop. Uh, so thanks to everyone that's been sending it in, but. Um, <laughs> I, I've seen you this, Bicey, and you were obviously ignoring no, the right. messages. No, 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 I've seen it. Yeah. Um, obviously, the algorithms, you type in Defender once, you get every single Defender thing. Yeah. Yeah. But um, <laughs> no, I've definitely seen them making – I saw the one going up the Thames, I reckon. Yeah. Um, but now I'm looking at it and going across the English Channel. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so anyway, um, happy no, days. what so- I'm doing this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Building a raft, man. Can't the the out. We're building a raft. You're gonna go to. You're gonna go to. You're gonna go to Stansbury, are you, mate? <laughs> Stansbury, straight over, and then we'll make our way to the uh, to the shack and turn. Okay. Oh, oh easy. I love it. You got it yeah, planned. You don't have to drive the 300 kilometres to get there now. I'll just go straight across. Yeah, that's exactly. It. Good work. It's only 18, 19 mile across. You'll be right. You know, it, it, it's. I love that. I love that stuff coming through because it is. Uh, it is great. It is great. You know, listening to the show, finding out the interest and coming back at us. Uh, another one that we got is a secret pro message uh, from Ian Mitchell. Uh, Michelle, yeah. sorry, Ian Michelle. Yeah. Um, hey, guys, love your work. Just a bit of a rumour. Not often a club sailor gets to hang with the cool guys. I happened to be in Greece a couple of weeks ago <laughs> on a yacht charter organised by Terry Wise from Pacific Sailing School. There you go, free plug. I uh, hope that gets you a, um, a free uh, boat use for a week there, uh, Ian. Um we had anchored on the island of Kithnos 
I'm coming back from the beach in the tender when we went past a beautiful X shot. Jeez, you're putting all the plugs in here. Mm, yeah. Jesus, yeah. X43 had an Australian flag and a boxing kangaroo hanging off the spreader, so we thought we'd say good day. No, of course it did. Yep. Turns out Skipper was a guy called Will Oxley. Um, don't know him. Yeah, don't know no, him. Another. Never heard no, of him. Um, no. He was taking a bit of a rest after the Middle Sea race. Oh, on your Will. Well, um, pre Middle Sea race. Pre, yeah, well, well, this must have been, uh, yeah, I think it's pre-middle C. It was well. after, no, no, after middle C race starts next weekend. That's right. Yeah. Um, so it Let's was after something. this Maxi Welts. Yeah, there, there you go. Maxi Welts, yeah. Well, he wrote after the middle C, so Ian, you failed there, naughty boy. Um, are you going back home no after Rolex this? for you, Ian. Yeah. Nah, I'm <laughs> off to Finland to do sea trials of Raven. Don't know much Raven at this stage. Maybe you guys know a bit. Maybe Will can tell you a bit more. Well, we are all over Raven. Um, we're over Raven like a fat kid's over a chocolate cake. Um, we're... <laughs> We will tell more on that You're one. On the tonight, you did sell. You're on the you did tonight. see my response, though, boys. <laughs> What's that? I did send a bit of a reel of the Raven. Yep. Um, off of the book, so I'm sure Ian's on the socials. He'll be able to have a look at it. And there was a bit of footage after the sailing up in Finland. I've been chatting to a few of the lads mm. on the Raven, and just for the mm-hmm. listeners, that's the Botine One Eleven. Um, with the foils, which with the foils, and um, yeah, she's pretty much lights up. And it does exactly. It does. The reel that I did send mm-hmm. was based on where's the trickle down. Mm-hmm. And literally, we're seeing it every day now, boys. It is true. You know, yeah, when yeah. the cup no, first happened and we're like, how on earth is this going to trickle down? Well, it's trickled up. It's trickled down. It's trickled up. Yeah, we're seeing so kids just whizzing trickled around. Up, trickled in, down, trickled all around. Yeah, whizzing yeah. around in all sorts of craft with foils. So, Yeah. Uh, I think I say now, no question. I've got to say, you know, you're right. It, you know, it's more than a trickle now. We're at an ooze stage. Oh, we're, yeah. are we? like in heavy ooze, maybe. Yeah, we're in heavy ooze. Heavy stage. ooze. Yeah. Heavy ooze. We should get some ointment on that. You reckon? <laughs> <laughs> some ointment. <laughs> uh, the- oh, the ooze. I love it. Um, the other one. But hey, no, it, it is. It's pretty full on. That that, yeah, we'll, that boat is uh, is an amazing bit of kit. We'll go. We'll go deeper into that one though. That's part of the plan. All right. So for the listeners, okay. we'll, we'll yeah. get some insight on that one for you. Um, yeah. The other one is uh, a young fella by the name of Dale Geddes came through. Um, Cadbury's son. Ah. Um, he lads, give Hugo another shout just because we mentioned Hugo last week. Uh, the the sailing Frenchman, and uh, he's just completed the mini transit since he spoke, including hunting and securing a pretty decent mini sponsorship, um, and is now sailing with another mate, Ryan Barkey, on a C40. Ryan's a northerner Austra- Aussie and tied up with the Imoca Canadian Ocean Racing Team, Scott mm. Shoyer. Uh, anyways, maybe a good follow-up chat, Reed Pathways. I love this, you know, like our listeners, this is the theme of this week, is the listeners coming in with ideas, you know, they're talking about... Mm. Fun I stuff like for it. us, you know, and it's like they're giving us gifts, and we're very appreciative. Hey, eh? absolutely, yeah. Because no, we'll try. The and- sailing Frenchman would be bloody good. Get him back on once yeah. he's, um, yeah, once he's available. So just to hear how it's all happened and where he's ended up, it's yeah. Like these it. listeners giving us Keep gifts, and the best one will give you a gift at the end of the month. Um, yeah, thanks to Vicobi. <laughs> it's hot time. Oh, hang on. We've got to talk about something. What are we going to talk about? Huh? 
Well, just the reaction <laughs> on your face is like, oh, have I thought about anything? Listeners can't see this, but I've got my little notes here. Oh, yeah, copy. I was copy. deciding what I could call this little part today, whether it's the winners or losers, but maybe we call it the hot or not. Oh, hot or not. I like, like it. I like, I like it. it. Yeah, I'm good in. on you. Yeah, that's good. Moving forward. <laughs> so, hot or not, uh, hot, uh, hot this week mm-hmm. is uh, I Mocker World. Going yep. on, we'll talk about TJV in a minute. It's getting but wholesome, just been relaunched with Skip and Nicholas, oh, yeah. and of course, friend of the show Rosalind, yep, as co-skipper yep. on board. Um, That's great. So that they're pretty hot at the minute. Um, short prep though, haven't done much yachting. Um, no, coming in, they're on take off in two weeks' time. Literally taken off. Um. The other one I thought I'd, I'd pick quick shout out to who I saw on the dock the other day, Jack Boutel, oh, yeah. sailing with Sam Davies. Yeah. On, um, oh, and yeah. been seeing a bit of footage of them yatcheting around, mm, just uh, in well. their new Sam Manuard boat. Mm. So, but to them. And one final one, we're yet to get him on the show, but we definitely will be, is our mate Nick Maloney, friend of the show. Uh, right, we try. Um, we, has we try. joined with our Canadian buddy, oh. with Scotty. With Shawzy, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, Shawzy, 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 don't go down that path. There'll be no reciting Shawzy on this show. Uh, uh, how are you now? Shawzy. How are you now? How are we now? So everyone, if you don't <laughs> watch Lady Kenny, you definitely got to watch Lady Kenny to work out who Shawzy is. But um, yeah. So <laughs> let's. We're calling the um, no, that, that's that's super you know, cool, uh, Nick Maloney and Scott. It's good. So yeah. Lonesy's come out of retirement for this, like yeah, 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 not yeah. necessary real retirement, but probably never thought he'd see himself back on a mocker boat in excited. this this kind of um scene. But um, bloody good on you, Lonesy, for taking that on. So good luck to yeah everyone. We'll probably uh, next week go guy. much deeper into TJV world, but um. Yeah, assembly period has literally started today yep. um, as we speak in La Havre. So, La Havre, yeah. Um, so, everyone's uh, getting there, getting ready. Um, 47, 48 eye mockers or some bloody stupid number. So like good. I spoke to, I actually spoke to, spoke to Shawzy the other day. Yeah. Um, he was on his way over. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, he's excited. He's excited. Um, oh, I, I, sorry, boys. I'm still letter kenning out here. You know how, what everyone <laughs> says to Shorty. You know, like <laughs> I wish I could say it on on the show. <laughs> oh, you just I'm just laughing. Like, for those who watch it and know what we're talking about, they'll be laughing their bloody <laughs> proverbial off. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we will jump on. So the what is it? Two weeks, as you said, double handed race. 5,400 yep. miles across the Atlantic. It's going to be so exciting. So yeah. exciting. We'll give a full rundown. By that time also, we'll know the exact course of what everyone's running. I think if you remember um, a couple of years back when they did it, like basically the old teams head a whole way south, then turn back up north along the um, African coast into Caribbean. I mock is not quite as far forward, uh, the 40s straight across type thing. Yeah. So... Um, but we'll have go. We'll go into detail with, with that next week. Love it. Um, mm. Oh, not hot or not. So <laughs> I sent a note, boys, to you guys. But um, on the book this week, 
Yeah. I saw a few photos and it kind of it reminded me of those um kind of posts of, you know, the nineteen eighties um high school photo shots. Yeah. Um <laughs> and it had all these people, like very well known people. And I had to second guess what I was looking at. Um, because I thought it was like, you know, a picture of someone back in their, you know, their their yearbook. But no, it was the team GBR Olympic team oh. being named. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're getting at. I know what you're getting at. Oh, and I saw these photos of the uh, team that have been named, and they are decked out lovely in their nice shade of red. <laughs> yeah. Could this be the worst Olympic clothing ever? Oh, I see. You've gone hard. Gone hard. Absolutely. Because Australia Check has the out. record. Like, we've put it. We, oh, yeah. We, no, that's why I can go up. Yeah. <laughs> the khaki um, poo brown. The khaki poo brown with the yellow out. shirts. But now but, that. Um, yeah. The team GBR sailing team, a few teams have been named. We should we should make it a we should make it a competition. Like we should actually we should actually banter on about it and sit, you know put it up on the show and. Oh, well, oh, we might do is. a compa- Actually, what we'll do so, team GBR lead the way at the minute. What we'll do absolutely we'll, we'll do a comparison of the of all the teams and their uniforms. Right, a right segment, right. Yeah. Olympic sailing team segment, right clothing. Right. I love it. <laughs> no, we do love what they do, uh, Mark. We've had him on the show, Mark Robson. Um, so, and arguably one of the most successful Olympic teams ever. So yep. let's see what yep. happens. So, yeah, we're just taking the piss. No need to write in about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, other ones, boys, Sydney to Auckland. Finished on yep. um, for most of them. Huh? Most of them are in. <laughs> most of them are in. What, uh, blah, 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 who won that? Um, Antipodes? Antipodes, Antipodes yes. Uh, yeah, the uh, ex-Santa Cruz Heavenly, or uh, Santa Cruz friend of the show, friend of the show, friend of the show, Bradshaw Kellett was on board. Absolutely. Nice. So, um, so um, good on them. Hello to Brad. Done well, and they've snuck across in one week, and I'm sure they'll be enjoying a spate or whatever it might be in their all Akarani Yacht Club now as we speak. Beautiful. Yeah, Beautiful. loving it. But, I, I mean, I think we're sort of publishing this race because we want it to succeed. We want this one to grow. We're super keen on yes. it. So um, uh, I think it's a fantastic idea for a race. So, yeah, get into it. Into next yep. time. <laughs> Keep going. And then finally, boys, um, what I have, Soul GP. Oh. She's back on yep. this weekend at time She's of on recording. Tomorrow. We do not know who the winner is. Um, but it's probably bound to be New Zealand based on having live on last week. So, oh, um, <laughs> but I've seen, yeah, yeah, so true, we can't talk true. too much about it, but given we don't know what the hell's happened, um, but yeah, good luck to the K1s. Just pop the new, oh, well, it's not a new pipe, it's actually a new wing in their vessel. Yep. Seem to be smoking around um, like at in the Cadiz, moment. So they're in ready Cadiz to roll. Spain. Yeah. So, oh, it is, yes. Uh, weather looking any good there, BP? Well, well, if they get any of this, they won't be. But then again, we <laughs> want to see these things blasting around in some breeze. I think. So. Um, looking at the the predict wind app, we probably oh, did. We just that was a free plug. Again, we didn't just take having a look now. Yeah, um, I think Saturday will be lighter than Sunday, um, but she should be a fairly windy one Sunday. Uh, just. Just having a quick squeeze at it, but yeah, it'd be good. It'll be good sailing. It won't be a drifter thon. Oh, yeah. So yeah, up to fifteen on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. 
So it'd be good fun for watching that one. So good luck to everyone and um, all the uh, teams getting back together. It's the third year in Cadiz, I think. Uh, starting to become a tr- entrenched. It's a great place. It's a, it's a great place. Yeah, I love cool. it there. Very cool. Um, the So that's it from you there, boys? Yeah, that's it from, yep. I, I wanted to. Well th- done, boys. I wanted to throw out a couple of things, add to the the program here. Of course, the Swan uh, One Design World Champs are uh, on. 50s, yes. Yeah, they should finish as we, by the time this goes to, it should be finished. Um, very close to being finished. All the different uh, classes racing uh, in Toscana, I think it is. Um, best of luck to everyone. Uh, a couple of races left. So all the different classes in the One Design fleet that the Swan offers, which I think the 36, the 42, the 50, the 45, and they do some rating stuff as well. So it's a pretty cool time. Um, leading in the 36 is G-Spot. Uh, just uh, mad respect. Uh, I mean, we, we really need to, to have a lot more fun with names is, is the honest truth. But anyway, uh, so... Enjoy that if you're in Tuscany and having a grand old time. Uh, a question for you, Mr. Bice. Yeah. You know, Nick Bice took on the role at Southerns. Hello, <laughs> where this is going. Yeah, I notice uh, <laughs> congratulations to Bill Hughes. Uh, <laughs> just got appointed technical director at Southerns, I believe. Is that correct? Yeah, cracking guy too, cracking by the guy. way. Super smart. Um it's going to really drive that design team and uh, basically just produce things even better. You can tell Maybe. it's a New Zealand company because they're hiring people with one-syllable names. <laughs> <laughs> Keep things simple yeah. around the uh, morning mean, Bill. You don't want to overcomplicate Bob, <laughs> Pete, Ben, <laughs> Will. Mark. And even if he's a two, you're right. Even if he's a two-syllable name, they they bring it back to one. That's right. No, but yeah, she's like um, a friend of the show, Jared Wallace, who I've been travelling with the last week or so. Jay, yeah, <laughs> Jay Wall. Oh dear. Um, Very good. You also you did talk about the hundred coming out of the shed. Uh, or there's a heap of people sent us uh, the footage yeah. and the images and we shared with a bit. Tommy Tommy Quick was one, Ed Nalen jumped in, Denise, all of you guys sending bits to us. We we love it. So I appreciate that very we much. Had a funny little bit of a bit of a bit of a to and fro with Denise. She says you probably know more than me and I, I came back saying, Well what makes you think that? <laughs> yeah. It's quite a funny little uh, yeah. little exchange. Yeah, the last one I wanted to bring up, I sent this link to you, Blakes. The, there's a company, Score, I think they, they call themselves Score, S-K-A-W, and um, they, they're sort of into the racing side of things. They've got into the foiling stuff, um, and what they do is they've got like a little single-hander foiler, um, and then they've got their uh, um, their six point five. They've got, I think, Nicomatic BP. You're all over that. The Nicomatic six point five. Uh, oh no, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. The full falling. Oh, the I full, hear. I yeah, know yeah. where you're going through with this one now. Yeah, the yeah. full falling yeah, one, yeah. right? So that's yeah. that's a six point five full falling. The scow bow, the whole thing. What they've actually just come to the world with though is the score paradise, right? Um, now, this is a cruising boat, but it's like a 40, 42-foot, I think she's about a 40-footer um, scow, 
uh, scow-bowed cruising boat with like a, a deck saloon sort of cabin on it and yeah. falling cruising boat. It's magic, boys. It's beautiful. It's like I know you're not a scow fan, it, but oh, to no, go mate. to go cruising at twenty to thirty knots. Well, we were just talking about it earlier about trickle down and trickle up. I mean, here's a perfect example of it. That's it. She's she's a gorgeous thing. If you boys score paradise, it kind of reminds me of the um the Toyota FJ forty or whatever it's called. It's so ugly. <laughs> yeah. You just want one. <laughs> <laughs> But the practicalities, though, oh, like it's so a um, how much space would it be? All those sorts of things. I'm just looking on it now, and it's a bunch of um, Frenchmen in there. And I believe uh, score translated from French to uh, English is scow. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. No, they just just mix the letters up a bit too much. Yeah, fair but, enough. Um, <laughs> pretty cool. It is cool. Um, I showed the bride some pictures this morning. She said, "Oh, that's how boat should look." Um, so it kind of looks like the cent, cent, uh Sorry, the what do you call it? The uh, the deck of a catamaran inside. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, yeah. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Exactly that. Yeah. It offers. It seems. I mean, you're going to be. Well, able that's to, what a scow bow offers up as well. There's so much more room in the boat. You're going to go cruising. Uh, you're going to be undercover. You're going to be smoking along. It's got all the modern technology. Um, I mean, I don't think it's C- going to be C- cheap. Foils. It's not going to be cheap. You might be cheaper just getting a catamaran, but uh, she looks. She looks. Uh, she looks the goods, and uh, you know, let's be honest. Looks the goods. She looks the goods. Uh, can you imagine turning up to your anchorage uh, with that? You know, imagine when- sailing past on that, doing the sail past our opening day. Yeah. <laughs> Hey guys. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure she's going I love it. I love it. I love it. Ray, Ray, Ray. Come on. Anyway. Rambling on. Yeah, yeah. So the ooze continues. Let's go, say the ooze continues and the, the future continues. continues. The ooze, the ooze it goes way. either way. Uh, it's off. It's away. Righto. All right, boys. Have a lovely weekend. All right, BP yes. needs to get to the pub. Oh, yeah. BP. Yep. Sorry, well, BP. I'm going to dog to walk. Yeah. Um, Cool. Absolutely. Uh, Thanks for listening, everyone. We uh, really appreciate you joining in and to show that appreciation, of course, and you want to get yourself healthy, go to Radix Nutrition, jump on their website, use the Bakarati, one word, as your discount code, and you will get a discount. And, uh, yeah, you're welcome, and thanks for listening. See you next week. What about by Kobe? Talk good, my friend. (laughs) Love you, Pat. Very good. Go on, Pat. You beauty. <laughs>